This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I am J.A. Lovelock, a barrister and an author, but most importantly, a crime junkie. Welcome to my podcast, Behind the Yellow Tape. Stephen Keogh was a police officer with London's Metropolitan Police for 30 years, and over half of that time was spent as a Scotland Yard detective, investigating terrorism and murders. Since his retirement from the force, Stephen has turned his hand to writing about his experience as a detective inspector and what it takes to catch killers and bring them to justice. Hello, Stephen, and welcome to the programme. Hi, Joanna. Thank you very much for having me. We will find out more about how murders are investigated in a moment. But first of all, tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to be a police officer. Ah, see, I haven't got one of those stories about growing up always wanting to be a police officer. So when, when I left school, um, I started to train to be an accountant and, and it was really dull. Oh, God, it was so boring. <laughs> And the offices I worked at were at the just back of the old Bailey, the court in central London. And so I'd be sitting there, and it was before the real, it wasn't really on computers, on Cologne, well old. A lot of what we did was on paper. And I'd spend most of my days trying to work out why two columns didn't add up. It was just so boring. And I'd be looking out my window, and then there'd be like these prison vans with police escorts turning up with sirens and everything. And I was looking there thinking, like, some people have a much more exciting life than I do. <laughs> and then I'd go home, and there was a program at the time called The Build that I used to watch. Oh, yes. It just, it oh, just yeah. felt like, mm-hmm. yeah, it just all felt like there's, there's got to be more to life than than trying to work out somebody's property and loss. Um, so I thought, no. I'll take the plunge and, and never look back. I loved it. I really enjoyed my career. Oh, lovely, lovely. So where, where were you based after you'd done your – where did you do your training, by the way? Uh, uh, when I did it, we used to train at Hendon. So all, all, all police officers in London went away. For me, it was 20 weeks. I think they reduced it after a while, but it was 20 weeks away, which I've got to be honest, I didn't really enjoy it. Um, I just bought a flat with my girlfriend at the time, who was turned, would, would be my wife, and – on a Sunday evening, traveling up to Hendon on the tube, knowing you're going to be there for a, a week, getting shouted at for not marching properly uh. or having your shoes shine <laughs> well enough. And it, I, yeah, it was one of those things you had to do. I got through it. Mm. Um, mm. But then my first posting was at Greenwich in South London. Mm. And yeah, as soon as I got there, I thought, yeah, this is, this is me. This is, and I'll just, I, lo- I loved it. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. So after 30 years of active service, you retired from the force. And then what did you do? Well, yeah, so I can't just say one thing. So I always like to think that whatever I do in life, I try and have a goal, try and understand what it is I want to do, and then, and then, and then you're more likely to achieve it if you understand what your goal is. And I had quite a simple goal. For 30 years of being told what to do, when to do it, where to be, etc. I thought, I, I want to be my own boss. I don't I don't want to have to answer to anybody, not, not, not on a regular basis. Um, so that was my goal. So I thought, right, what, what am I going to do? So I decided that I was going to run my own business. And the idea was I was going to go into companies and 
brings skills from murder investigations such as decision making problem solving teamwork etc and it's like well this is how this works for us in a murder team and it can work for you in business so that was my goal so i started to write a book about it because everything i read said if you want to be an expert write a book and and i realized what i was with the book i was writing just wasn't working i was trying to write a book that said this is how we investigate murders and this is how it can help your business and i realized what i really should just be writing the book was is this how we investigate murders and it had never been done before as well which, which surprised me um so i ended up writing a book and that's taken me down routes that i never, <laughs> never expected to go down what good routes or bad routes um just different routes really yeah, yeah. i mean i've got a face for radio so how i've ended up on television <laughs> i don't know <laughs> right so what happened next well so madly and I can't go into all the details, but mm. I've, been, I've, I've now got my own TV show that we're going to start filming soon. Really? <laughs> oh, do you need anybody when else? Out, do you need anybody else on the show? <laughs> <laughs> when I say it out loud, it just sounds <laughs> mental. It's like, I was talking, I was talking at CrimeCon in Glasgow, and mm. um, there was a lady from a particular channel there. And she came up to me afterwards, and mm. um, she said, "Your your book, like the book I wrote around how we investigate murders." She said that like she, she feels it lends itself to a TV series. Can we have some? Oh, have a chat yeah. and um and, and yeah and it's going into, it's gone into pre-production this week so oh. we're going to start filming in, in july here and in, in america and it's excellent like, what, oh wow that's the, excellent just, like, yeah <laughs> as, as i say it out loud it just sounds completely mental honestly because this is not what i had in mind when i left the police but it, that's kind of gone with the flow and, but it gets it seems to get better it gets better doesn't it by the sound of it well, but the mad thing—the mad thing is, Joanna, is I've only been retired for eighteen months now. I just, it's just, I just don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> it's quite exciting, really. When you've had thirty yeah. years, and yeah. like, the police is yeah. when you when you work in the police, mm. it's it, 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 a bit of an old cliche that every day is different. But, but mm. you, you don't know what you're going to be dealing with day in day out. But you're still doing the same thing. You're doing police work. Mm. Um, I've got no idea this time next year what I'm going to be doing. Um, so I'm writing another book, and that's due for publication in July. I've, I've got the, my, the first draft is in with the um, mm, publishers. Mm, mm. Um, and I've been approached about that being a TV program. Wow. Well. Like, what, wow. What's going my on? My gosh. Are you people mad? They might call you for death in paradise. What do you think? <laughs> that would be the death of the program. <laughs> yeah, right, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah. So, so, so uh, yeah. honestly, I, do I, do I, do I couldn't, I, I couldn't have made it up, and I don't know where it's going. Yeah. I'm just enjoying, the, I'm enjoying the ride. To be honest, I'm enjoying the ride. Absolutely. Yeah. Night sounds really great. It's really great fun. Now, let's talk about how do you go about a murder investigation. But first of all, let me ask you a question, though. Do you watch crime shows on TV? No. No. I'll, I'll be fair. I did recently watch um, Happy Valley, um, oh. which which I quite enjoyed. Hmm. Um, but generally, no, I don't. I don't normally. And it, and it's. It, it, I mean, if you imagine, if you're doing a I, I, sorry, I don't know what your day job is. But if you whatever, whatever you're doing it during the day, if you were then to go home and watch telly, telly about what you've been doing all day. Lawyers don't watch lawyer show either. I know. Oh, you're a lawyer. Yeah. Right, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. So that's the last thing you want, isn't it? You've been in court all day to watch something about court. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're sitting there picking holes. <laughs> yeah. No. Time, <laughs> Although to be fair, that if I do watch a program, I tend to watch an American one. Like one of my favourite TV series ever was um, The Wire. Mm. and i could watch it and it was escapism because mm. i don't i don't know how they work in america so i don't have to sit there and go well that wouldn't happen that wouldn't happen i can just enjoy it for what it is you mm. Know what I mean? mm. 
But what about the true crime, though? What about the true crime shows? Do you watch those? No, I should, I should say. Oh, <laughs> no. Because I watch those. I love those. <laughs> I, yeah, I, just, no. I don't like what you call the made-up crimes, like Happy Valley, I suppose, and the Y and whatever. All right. I, but I, yeah. I do love my true crime because I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, that's so silly. You shouldn't have done that, you know. <laughs> that's not the way yeah. to do it <laughs> I, 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 yeah i know I should, especially yeah. as now that's kind of what, what the route i've gone down i should i should watch the competition really well, I? yes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right okay so let's start with a murder investigation how do we get started with that then take us from the very beginning yes yeah, so the, the first part is the, the the turning up to a crime scene um and that's that's the most important part we, the, the, there's a saying it's called the golden hour and it's basically the first, it's not an hour, they call it the golden hour, but it doesn't have to be an hour. But it's that time immediately after a crime has been committed. And it's when evidence is most abundantly available. So, and, and it's the kind of evidence, if you don't get hold of it there and then, you, you may not, you may lose it. So that's probably the most crucial time in a murder investigation. And um, if, if you don't get that right, there's a very good chance that later on down the line, you're not going to convict the person that did the murder. So um it's 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 the most important part of a murder investigation um so in in i can only talk about london because i've only ever worked london you'd have um four murder teams on call 24 hours a day and it's their job to respond then they'll have uh, police cars with blue lights and sirens to get to a murder scene as quickly as possible to take take over the scene um and put into action some some steps that we we've, we've got like a it's called the building blocks the five building blocks so it's it's five steps that detectives go through at a crime a murder scene to make sure they don't miss any any evidence and and the first step is um preservation of life so i, I think with everything police do the, the the first priority is saving life so that's no no different at a crime scene which may sound weird if it's a murder and somebody's mm -hmm. already dead but it's thing you might have to think of things like um if if for instance there's a dead body in a house and they're in a living room you need to consider are there any other bodies are there any victims in, in in the house the last thing you want to be doing is dealing with a murder in a, in a living room and there's somebody bleeding out up in upstairs mm -hmm. and you have to so has the house been checked then it's preservation of scene so that's the putting up of the, the crime scene cordons and all that kind of thing securing of evidence and that's making sure that witnesses um weapons that kind of thing that could could be lost if we don't get it straight away or seized um then you've got um identification of victim identifying a victim as quickly as possible is important especially the fact that most murders are where the victim and the suspect there's a connection between each between them so the sooner you identify the victim the sooner you can make the inquiries to identify the, the suspect is and the last one is arrest and interviews uh, arrest arrest and identify suspects and that's important because if you imagine if you arrest somebody who's just committed a murder, mm. they are likely to have a lot of evidence on them. They could have the victim's blood on them, the victim's mm. DNA. They may have taken something off the victim they've still got. They may have a murder weapon. They're in the same clothing. They've got their phone on him. So there's lots of evidence you can get if you arrest someone straight away. Mm. But if you arrest them a week or a month later, most of that, if not all of it, is going to be gone. So they're the five steps that we would, we would go through at a murder scene to make sure that it's, that it's dealt with properly. And then what happens next? 
So that so th this is what we call the initial investigation, and that might not necessarily be the the team that are going to investigate it because the team that's on call might just be the team that's on call, or they mm -hmm. might they might investigate it. But then the next step is the the, the main investigation, um, and and the way that works in in the UK is we don't. It's not like in America where you, where you see um, detectives investigating a murder. In in the UK, it's teams. It's teams of detectives, maybe around twenty to twenty five detectives, and they've all got different roles. They've all got different responsibilities for a murder investigation, um, and and they're, they're, they're essentially they're they're broken up by rank. So you've got four ranks within a murder team. So you've got the the, the detective chief inspector detective inspectors detective sergeants and detective constables so the the job of the I, the way i the way i kind of look at it i i i use an analogy of a car and the roles that they've got are, are, are similar to that so if you think of um a car's engine and it, and that does all the work that that moves the car that drives the car that's the detective constables they're the ones doing the work they do the actual police work so the taking of statements the um, interviewing of suspects, the collecting CCTV, dealing with crime scenes. That that will be detective constables. They're, they're doing all that. That's the engine. Then you've got the pedals that control the engine to make sure it's working hard enough, not too fast, et cetera, modulating the engine. That's the sergeants. So the detective sergeants like the pedals in the car. And then the detective inspectors and detective chief inspectors, they're like the steering wheel. They 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 decide which direction the 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 investigation is going to go in they won't actually do the police work but they'll they'll decide if someone's going to be a suspect where we're going to look for cctv that, that kind of thing i've watched death in paradise and i see they've always got a board up with something with the suspects on it i mean do you have that do you have like a whiteboard where you've got um suspects photos and profiles on it that you said oh why would this one commit the murder and what do you do to rule people out yeah, so that's that's known as a murder board, but that's a bit of a myth. Um, for for very good reason, into a very simple reason. So a murder team might have at any one time 10, 15 murders are investigating. Um, if you had one of those murder boards for every single one, you wouldn't be able to move in your office because they're only tied at the offices. Um, so they're not practical. And essentially what, what, what they represent is um, a, a, a map of association, et cetera. And we've got, we've got computer programs that do that ah. and they do it far better ways so right. that's that is, that is a myth oh so that's just for um drama and entertainment it doesn't work in real life is that, is that it it looks good doesn't it yeah it does because <laughs> you think oh, yes <laughs> but that's not how it is in real life okay no, exactly. right no. okay so you've got a suspect you've arrested a suspect what happens next we arrest the suspect mm. Right. So if we arrest a suspect, so first off, when you arrest someone for murder, that doesn't necessarily mean they've done it. So if um, if there was a, if we were investigating a murder that was committed by one person, we, we, we could arrest five different people for it because the level that what we're looking for is a level of suspicion. So suspicion doesn't have to be very, very high. It just means there must be some reason why a police officer thinks that person may have been guilty of that offence. So what you're doing, you're, you're essentially investigating, is this person is this person the murderer? And you'll do that in various ways. So the obvious one that people think about when you've arrested somebody is you interview them. And you do, that's an important part of it. 
um, and they'll be in custody for, if it's a murder, they can be in custody for a maximum of four days. So what 24 hours we everybody knows about, then you can get an extra 36 hours on authority of a police superintendent. And then you can go to a magistrate's court and you can get the their their uh, time in custody extended up to 96 hours, so four days. But in the background, there'll be other stuff going on. So we'll be searching. So searching their homes. If someone's arrested, their, ha- their house will be searched for clothing they might have been wearing at the time, for any weapons, for phones, for any their, their computers, etc. What I often find is when someone's um, committed a murder, they want to they want to know all about what the police are doing. So you'll see lots and lots of searches on on their internet. Also, on the flip side of that, before the murder, is anything premeditated? So when you're looking at murders, it's, it's important to understand was this was this a uh, a spontaneous event or was there any premeditation and you can get that from looking at their their computer history sometimes and their phone history etc um you'll be looking to establish cctv for instance where they live so when you're collecting cctv obviously you're going to collect it from the crime scene and and try and get a person at the scene via, via that but you could also look at cctv at the house because quite often especially in, in crimes that are, are spontaneous people will leave their house in the morning and, and they don't know they're going to go and commit a murder so they're leaving the house in the clothing that they then go and they go and do the crime in but then they might go home in different clothing or they've discarded a top that's got blood on or something so um cctv at, at, at and around a person's house is important so be all these inquiries have been going on in the background and well, essentially what you're doing you're trying to gather evidence to see do we have enough to um, potentially go to the Crown Prosecution Service and say, look, we've got this person in custody. We believe they're committing a murder. Here's the evidence. And you do that in a form of a report that goes to the Crown Prosecution Service and a lawyer will look at it and make a decision as to whether they believe there's a real realistic chance of prosecution. If they say yes, the likelihood they'll be charged. If they say no, then you're going to have to bail them out or, 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 or drop any action against them. I was thinking about motive. What about motive? Um, how does that play into um, a crime? So motive is a, is a weird one, really. It's it's important, but isn't important at the same time. So in order to prove a murder against somebody, there are certain things you have to prove. Um, so you, you, you have to prove that they used unlawful violence against the against person, and that violence resulted in that person's death. Um, and 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 it's all you've heard of. Obviously, you have. You're a lawyer, but people have heard of mens rea. And there's so when 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 you um, commit a murder and you use violence or, or you use force against somebody, in order for it to be a murder, you have to either mean to kill them, so you're intending to kill them, or you intend to cause um, serious harm. And you didn't you didn't mean to kill them, but you intended to hurt them. And because of that, you hurt them badly. They died, and and so these are the kind of things we have to prove. What we don't have to prove is why you did it. Um, I, I went to court with many murders where we actually we might have had a rough idea of why they did it, but it wasn't obvious. We didn't present it as evidence, and they still got convicted by a jury, even though juries still didn't know actually why they did it. So, in that sense, it's not important. But on the flip side, if you do go to a jury, a jury want to know. They want to. They want to get an understanding. If I'm going to, if I'm going to put this, take, send this person to prison for a long time, I'm much more comfortable doing that. If 
I understand why they did it. So we'll try very, very hard to get a motive um, for a jury um, if we can. And also as well, if you can, before you've identified a suspect, if you can identify a motive, then you might identify a suspect. So it's important for that as well. So a motive might be important to identify why a person died and, and who was likely to have done it. So, so it's a long-winded way of saying <laughs> it's very important, but also not so important <laughs> on the same time. So it depends on how you look at it. Um, but, but we will try very, very hard to understand a motive for those two reasons. One, it might identify who, who did the murder, and two, it, it definitely helps in court to try and uh, obtain a conviction. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time when we hear more from Stephen Keogh and catch up with more episodes at btytpodcast.com as well as on all podcast platforms. Hi, this is Amy and Vanessa from She Goes by Jane, where we shine light on the stories of missing and unidentified women. On November 7th, we're sharing Nahida's story for the first time in a podcast. And this is a story that I thought I knew, but after reading police reports, became more complicated than I thought. When investigators are called to Nahida Khatib's house, everything looks fine. Her purse is on the kitchen table, her cup of coffee is on the counter, and her two-year-old niece is in her playpen. The only thing amiss? Nahida is missing. Every week we feature a poem written in honor of the person we're talking about. This week we're joined by one of our favorite actresses. You might know her from Sister Act or King of the Hill or The Descendants. But if you're like us, you'll know her from Hocus Pocus. She's the much-beloved Kathy Najimy. Join us November 7th to hear Nahida's story.